This is a podcast from the Women's Conference Flourish 2012 held in Guernsey. Please feel free to listen to the other sessions. We're going to go now into our uh, second session. Uh, already, I think you'll agree with me that we've just had a fantastic time. Um, that first session by Ariana was amazing, brilliant. Really, God really spoke in that. And we're just enjoying being together, eating the lovely sweets and the biscuits. And thanks to the team for serving us there for tea and coffee. So already we've had a great, great time. But there's so much more yet to come, which is brilliant. And um, I'd like to uh, introduce the second session. And Gemma's going to come and uh, speak to us. Originally planned, and you'll see that in your program, um, was Julia Derbyshire. Gemma's mum was going to come and speak. But um, because we've had to postpone the, the conference till now, she was already booked for another conference, so hasn't been able to make it. But I think it's a great um, privilege that we have Gemma sharing with us. Um, you know, she's a brilliant, powerful speaker, and um, she'll have a great word. And, and it's, it's really good as well, because unfortunately... Gemma and Peter are going to be leaving this summer, and so this will be her last Flourish conference that she'll be here to be involved in and to speak at, although, of course, if it continue, continues, she may well come back. But, um, so it's really good for us to be able to hear from, from Gemma. She's put so much work and time and effort into making this happen for you and for all of us, and um, we just really we thank you for that. And Gemma recently got uh, ordained this year. And uh, she has already been booked for speaking at things in the UK. You've already done MIT conferences and stuff. So, you know, we have a real honor to have her here today. So, Jem, do you want to come up? Let, let me just pray for Jem for a moment. Father God, we just thank you um, for this day and what you've already spoken to us. Um, but Lord, we just pray right now that again, our hearts would be really open to hear your word um, and that we would just encounter you, that we would be changed by you and that you'd really use Gemma and just speak through her words into our lives. We pray. Amen. Well, hello, everyone. Sorry, it's a bit of a letdown having me. You know, my mum, she, <laughs> she is a local girl, as most of you know. She grew up in, here in Guernsey and she was so gutted that she was already booked for another conference and we had to change to today. But, you know, she sends her love. She was texting me this morning saying she was thinking of us all and I know that she's really praying that God's presence will be in our midst, and, and it is. Someone once said that even an ordinary housewife or an ordinary secretary or a teenager can, in their own small way, turn on a small light in a dark room. That someone was a woman by the name of Mies Geep. Has anybody ever heard of her? Well, to tell you a bit about her, Mies Geep was herself an ordinary secretary. She was humble and unassuming. She was hardworking and conscientious. And she was also the woman who put herself on the line to protect and to conceal Anne Frank and her family during the horrors of the Second World War. You see, what happened was... Mies was a Dutch citizen who found herself in the employment of Anne's father, Otto Frank, when the Nazis came to power. And on a daily basis, she would tentatively look out of the office window in disbelief and dismay as she saw hordes of Jews, hordes of Jews loaded like cattle into trucks and driven off to concentration camps. And you know what, as she witnessed those horrific Scenes, Mies made an internal decision that something had to be done. 
She made an internal decision that something had to be done. Mies was moved to take action and she selflessly put herself on the line for the sake of freedom. You know, Mies, she was an ordinary girl, but she determined as an ordinary girl to make an extraordinary difference. You know, Mies, she was a freedom fighter. She was a freedom fighter who had decided that while the Nazis could take everything from her, they could not. They could not remove her freedom to choose to do the right thing. And you know what? If we look in the Bible, we find loads of people who refused to give up their freedom to choose. And you know what, Esther? She was one of them. To set the scene and to remind you of her background, Esther didn't have the easiest start in life. Ariana kind of touched on it earlier. She didn't have the easiest start in life. She was born into really difficult circumstances. Being a Jewish slave, slave who was tragically orphaned at a really young age. Now, thankfully for Esther, her kind and caring cousin Mordecai, he chose to adopt her and he raised her as his own in the land of Persia. Now, to tell you a bit about Persia, Persia at the time was the place to be. It was like the Dubai of the day. It was the pl a place where opulence was the norm and where abundance flowed. And things were so good in that nation that the king of the day decided that he was going to throw a bit of a celebration to showcase Persia's wealth. Now, this wasn't going to be any old celebration. It was going to be a total extravaganza lasting six whole months. Now, can you imagine that? Six whole months of partying, of eating, of drinking, of music, of dancing. To put it into context for you, it was almost enough to make our recent Jubilee celebrations look pretty pale in comparison. So as, as the wine was flowing at this party to end all parties, the king of Persia gives a command that his queen, Queen Vashti, comes and joins the celebration. Now you can imagine his shock and horror. You can imagine his fury and embarrassment when she boldly dares to defy his command, when she boldly dares to defy his instruction because he was the king and people didn't do that. But Vashti did. And you know what? Having been totally humiliated in front of everyone who was anyone, having been totally humiliated in front of all of these guests, the king blows an absolute gasket. And responding in a, a state of drunken rage, he rashly banishes Vashti from his kingdom forever. So it's literally a case of exit Vashti and enter Esther. We're going to turn to the word and pick up Esther's story from there. If you've got your Bibles with you, can you go me to the book of Esther? We're going to go to chapter 2 and we're going to read verse 17 in a moment. Chapter 2 and verse 17. So while you're finding that, it's been a few years since Vashti's been kicked out of the palace. And now as you'll be pleased to hear that the king has finally, he's finally calmed down. And as he's starting to feel the pangs of loneliness and the need for a good woman in his life, his attendants decide that it's about time that they found him, and found him a new queen. And so a nationwide search begins to identify all of the young, beautiful, available virgins that Persia has to offer them. 
And after a really rigorous selection process, 400 girls are selected. And guess what? Esther's one of them. After 12 months, after 12 months of preening and pampering, after 12 months of manicures and pedicures and face wraps and body wraps and all kinds of things, face masks, sorry, each of the girls, they get an audience with the king. And after what seems like an eternity, Esther's moment, her long-awaited moment arrives as she's summoned to the royal residence. Let's find out what happens. So verse 17, it says, Now the king was attracted to Esther more than to any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And the king gave a, a great banquet, Esther's banquet, for all his nobles and officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces and distributed gifts with royal liberality. So all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, just like that, Esther's world turns upside down and inside out as she is catapulted from a place of total insignificance to a place of real influence. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Esther moves from a place of obscurity to a place of real authority. You know, Esther the outsider, Esther the orphan, Esther the slave, Esther the nobody suddenly becomes somehow Esther the queen. From out of nowhere, Esther is elevated and she becomes a role model in Persia. But more than that, she becomes a role model for women across the ages. So what can we learn from Esther? The answer is absolutely loads. But this morning, I just want us to take three lessons from her life that we can apply to our own lives in the here and now. So what does Esther teach us? Firstly, she teaches us that we need to be responsive. Can you flick over a few chapters and go with me to Esther chapter 4 and verse 15? So no sooner has Esther taken up residency in the palace, when everything kicks off, it all kicks off, and Esther gets word from her cousin Mordecai that there is a dark, dark and evil plot in place to wipe out all of the Jews living in Persia. And you know what? You would think that Esther would now have a chance to put her feet up after 12 months of being put through the mill, but she doesn't. She doesn't get the opportunity to sit back and to relax because she's now queen. She's suddenly thrown into a real predicament. She's in an unenviable situation and she has to choose her course of action. So what does she do? Does she keep stum to protect herself? Does she enter panic mode, which is what I would have done, and get into a right flap and into a right fluster and become no good to anyone? Or does she put herself on the line to do the right thing? You know, Esther, she's reached her hour of decision. It is crunch time in her life. Let's have a look at her response to the situation she was up against. 4.15, it says, Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days or night. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will... How determined is that? I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, 
I perish. What a woman. What a woman and what a response. You know, let's face it, just like me, Skeep, Esther could have looked at the situation that the Jews were facing and have felt sadness and, but have done nothing. She could have come up with a million reasons as to why she should keep out of it. She, should have, she could have turned a blind eye and said, you know what, let someone else sort it out. She could have done that, but she didn't. She didn't. That wasn't her chosen response. Now, in the same way, when we look at the needs in our world, when we look at the needs of the people around us, when we look at the needs of this island, as we watch society be more and more off track, we have also got a choice to make. We've got a choice to make. We can either choose to passively sit on the sidelines and say, isn't it terrible? Albeit very genuinely. Or we can decide that we are going to be an Esther. We can decide that we are going to be like Esther. We can decide that we are going to be God's woman of the hour and respond by rising up and by being different so that we can make a difference. You know, and I know that when I look at the heartache and the pain and the devastation and the destruction that daily surrounds us and daily surrounds me, I, it can make me feel pretty overwhelmed and pretty insignificant and pretty powerless. Is anybody else like that? But you know what I'm coming to realise? I'm coming to realise that God does not expect me to change the whole world he just wants me to be the change in my world. Can you turn with me? I want us to just have a look at something that Jesus said. Matthew chapter four, 5 and verse 14. Matthew 5 and verse 14. This is one of my favourites. Some of you will know it off by heart, so you won't even need to turn there. But Jesus says in Matthew five fourteen, he says, You, you, you are the light of the world. How amazing is that? You as an individual are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, this is speaking to us, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Don't know if you know this, but the name Esther, it means star. And Esther really lived up to her name. She shone. She shone like a star in Persia. She shone like a star, illuminating the darkness that surrounded her, bringing hope and freedom and light to the people in her world. Now, in the same way, God is calling us. God is calling us as modern-day Esthers to shine like stars in our world. He's calling you to shine like a star in your world. But how do we do that on a practical level? How do we actually do it? We do it by using what's in our hand. Using what's in our hand. So let's ask ourselves today, what is in our hand? You know, Esther, she used, as Ariana said, she used her brains, her beauty. She used her position to bring freedom to the people in her world. She used what God had given her to make a difference in the lives of others. Now, what has God given you? What has he given you? 
What's in your hand? Maybe you are holding the gift of hospitality. That is an amazing gift to have. Maybe you've got the gift of encouragement. Maybe you've got a real ability to get alongside others and to bring comfort to them in their hour of need. Maybe you're holding a musical gift. Maybe you're gifted in business. Maybe you're a gifted communicator. Maybe you've got great organizational skills. Maybe you're amazing with kids. No matter what you are holding, no matter what you are holding, no matter who you are, we are all without exception holding something. And God wants us to use that something to impact our world. God is calling us to use that something to make a difference. But let's ask ourselves for a moment, how are we going to respond to his call? Are we going to respond to his call by telling him who we're not? By telling him what we can't do? By saying, well, I've got these limitations, I've got these weaknesses. Are we going to respond to his call like that? Or are we going to focus on the amazing, the amazing individual that we have been created to be in Christ Jesus? And we can do all things through him who gives us strength. Now, maybe you're sat in here this morning and you're just thinking to yourself, well, you know what? What I've got in my hand is pretty insignificant. What I've got in my hand isn't much to mention. It's nothing to shout about. What I have in my hand doesn't seem to really be anything. You know what? If you feel like that, and sometimes we all do, I want to just encourage you. I want to encourage you. Because you know what? You're in good company. Let's think about David for a moment. When David was faced with a, with a giant, when he was faced with Goliath, he could have said, hang on a minute, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I can't do anything. You know, I'm not a soldier because he wasn't. I'm not a soldier. I haven't had the right training. I don't have the right credentials. I don't have the right equipment. At the end of the day, all David held in his hand was a dirty old sling and a couple of pebbles. But as he made himself available to God, God used that little thing which was in his hand to slay a giant and to bring freedom to his people. You know, what about Moses? All he held in his hand was an old walking stick. But God used that walking stick to part the Red Sea and to rescue to rescue his people. What about the, the little boy with the five loaves and the two fish? All he held in his hand was his lunchbox. But God used that lunchbox to feed the hungry. So don't underestimate the treasure that is within you. Don't underestimate the difference that you as an individual can make. Don't underestimate what God can do through you. Don't underestimate. Don't underestimate the power that is within you. Don't underestimate the power of one. Don't underestimate it. You know, as, as you know, here in Guernsey, we recently went through the election process. And in those elections, every single vote counted because just one vote, just one vote could make all the difference. And you know, it's been the same throughout history, hasn't it? Let's think about it. In 1645... One vote caused Oliver Cromwell to take control of England. In 1649, one vote led to the execution of Charles I. In 1776, 
one vote caused America to adopt the English language instead of German. In 1923, one vote, just one vote, gave Adolf Hitler control of the Nazi party. Don't underestimate the power of one. Yes, you may be the only Christian, the one and only Christian in your family. Yes, you may be the one and only believer in your workplace, in your school, in your college. But you as that one individual can make a change. You as that one individual can turn on a light in your home. You can turn on a light in your office. You can flick on the switch in this community. You know, just like Esther, when we as an individual, when we as an individual use what we have got, no matter how small, no matter how insignificant we think that is, God will give you what he's got. When, when, you, when you use what you've got, God will give you what he's got and together you will impact the world. That's how it works. You know, just like Esther, when we respond to the needs in our world by standing in the gap, by speaking out for justice, by going against the grain, we can change that climate that's around us. We really can. So firstly, Esther shows us that we need to be responsive. Secondly, she teaches us that we need to be courageous. You know, a guy called Robert Frost, you may have heard of him, he once said that freedom lies in being bold. Freedom lies in being bold. And Esther really shows that to be true. You know, as we read earlier, when, when Esther made this horrific discovery that the, the king's right-hand man, Haman, was plotting to wipe out all of the Jews... She decided that she was going to risk it all. She was going to risk it all in an effort to spare their lives and in an attempt to secure their freedom. You know, Esther was a determined girl. She was determined that she was going to the king, even though she knew full well what that meant, even though she knew full well that it was totally against the law. Esther was not messing around. She wasn't holding back. You know, she said in chapter 4, I am going to do the right thing and if I perish... I perish. You know, Esther wasn't deluded when she said that. She wasn't being flippant. She knew what she was up against. She knew that there was a very real enemy within the camp. She knew that there was a giant that she had to slay. She wasn't deluded. Now, maybe you can relate to Esther this morning. Maybe you feel as if the enemy is within your camp. Maybe you feel as if the enemy is crouching at your door. Maybe you are facing a very real giant in your life. Don't know where you're at today. Maybe you are struggling with an addiction. Maybe you're bound up in fear. Maybe you're a, a prisoner to insecurity. Maybe you're finding it hard to let go of resentment and to extend forgiveness. Maybe you are feeling a sense of anger over what life has dealt you, like like Ariana said, maybe you're facing a sickness. Maybe you're suffering from a broken heart. Maybe you feel as if your back is against the wall and if you're honest, you haven't got the answers. You don't know where to turn. You don't know what to do. You know, if that's where you're at today, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to take courage. Take courage because the great news is, the amazing news is that you don't have to tackle that giant in your own strength. 
You don't have to do that because the chances are that it will defeat you if you do. You know, so often I think that we can read about Esther, get the wrong impression about her. I think we can read about her bravery and her courage and think, well, it was all right for her. She was fearless. I actually reckon that couldn't be further from the truth. At the end of the day, Esther wasn't superwoman. She wasn't superhuman. Esther was just a normal young girl, a normal young girl in her 20s with normal human emotions, with normal fears. But as she plugged herself, as she made a choice to plug herself into the divine power supply, as she made a a decision to plug herself into God, she was able to face her fears and to slay her giant. Now, the same applies to us in the here and now. We can overcome our giant. We can overcome our giant and find freedom. We can find freedom by choosing It's a choice by choosing to place our lives, our worries, our burdens, our concerns, our situations into the hands of an incredible God, knowing that he cares for us and knowing that he's working the whole thing together for our good. You know, with God in the equation, with an almighty God in the equation, we can find the courage within, the courage within to press past our fears, to move beyond our insecurities to get beyond our mistakes and to make it through those challenges that we are facing. When the enemy's trying to wipe us out, as he will, when he is having a go at our relationships, when he's having a pop at our marriage, when he's trying to destroy the people that we love, when he's trying to quench our spirit or steal our dream, we can be courageous. We can courageously turn around and say, I will not be defeated by you. Because I've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power and of might and of love and of a sound mind. When the enemy is crouching at our door, we can turn around and we can say with boldness, listen, I will not be intimidated by you because I know my position as a child of the Most High God and I will overcome because he who is within me is greater than he that's in the world. We can stand with confidence, knowing knowing that our amazing heavenly father is watching over us 24-7 and he does not slumber and he does not sleep. We can stand with confidence knowing that no matter how big our situation seems to be, no matter how big our giant seems to be, God's plan, God's plan and God's purpose for our life is sure and it's steadfast and that should give us courage, that should give us confidence. You know, I think as women, we can spend so long. No, I can. We can spend so long trying to work everything out in the natural. We can spend so long trying to figure everything out. But there comes a time when we need to give ourselves a break and just relax. We need to give ourselves a break and just rest in God. Rest in God. Being assured that the battle is not ours. The battle is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. And he is faithful and he is for you. He's faithful and he's for you. So let's make a choice today to keep pressing on. No matter how rough the storm gets, let's make a choice to keep pressing on. Though the circumstances of life may not always be ideal because they're not, are they? Let's be honest. Let's make a choice to refuse 
to give in to negativity and let's make a choice to be positive. Let's refuse to become bitter and make a choice to become better. Let's be courageous knowing that Jesus, Jesus the solution, the answer, the almighty one, the all-powerful one, the coming one, the builder, the restorer is on our side. And if he's on your side, the great news is that you cannot lose. You cannot lose when he's on your side. You are destined to win. You know, the third thing Esther teaches us is to be ourselves. Be yourself. You know, I read some statistics quite recently, and they really disturbed me. These statistics said that a fifth of all women in the UK admit that they are on a diet all or most of the time. You know, it's claimed that the average British woman worries about her body shape every 15 seconds, and that a third of women worry about their body shape every single waking moment. 70% of women admit that they feel depressed and guilty after looking at a fashion magazine for just three minutes. Since 1997, and this is the shocker, since 1997, there has been a 162% increase in the number of people having cosmetic surgery. And you know what, when we think about these statistics, it's quite clear to see, it's quite clear to see that there is an outbreak of insecurity in our society. As people are trying to spend their, as people are spending their whole lives wearing themselves out, trying to live up to the expectations of others, trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to live up to unrealistic expectations. But you know what? That's so far removed from God's intention. He did not plan it to be that way. It's so far removed. You know, in Ephesians 2.10, I'm just going to read it to you because of time. It says that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. We're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. don't know if you know this, but the Greek translation of handiwork, what does it mean? It means poem. So you have the privilege today as daughters of the king of being God's poem. That means that you're unique. It means that you are a precious, one-off, original. It means that you are a work of art. And it means that your life counts. It means that your life counts. You know, Esther, she was someone who I really learned learn a lot from because She learned to be herself despite what was going on around her. You know, Esther, as we know, she was an outsider in Persia. She was just an innocent, young Jewish girl. When all of a sudden she was overnight, she was taken from her modest home and cast into the limelight and identified as a possible queen. Overnight that happened. She was happily minding her own business when her beauty caught the eye of those attendants who were trying to find the king and other queen. In the blink of an eye, Esther was taken from the safety that she knew and she was thrust into a harem of 400 women. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine the reality of having to live with 400 women every day, day in, day out for a whole year? It would do your head in probably. But can you imagine... 
the bickering and the biting that Esther would have encountered as she was surrounded by these women who all had their eyes on the same prize. You know, in the midst of that harem, in the midst of all that nonsense that would have been going on in there, Esther had to make a choice. She had to make a choice. Did she succumb to the pressures that were around her and decide that she was going to be like everyone else and just focus on her outward appearance? Did she do that? Or did she decide that she was going to go against the grain and in the midst of the chaos become the person that God had designed her to be? You know, Esther made a choice, but it was a determined choice. We need to understand that. She made a determined choice to be herself. And in making that choice, what happened? Her authenticity, it shone through. It shone through. And that is what God's looking for today. He's looking for us to take off those masks. He's looking for authenticity amongst us as his daughters. He's not looking for perfection. And so this morning we can be free. We can be free to take, not only take off our masks, but we can be free from that need for approval. We can be free from that constant pressure to conform to everybody else's expectations. We can be free to be ourselves. You know, Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, what does it tell us? It tells us that it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. So let's make a decision today to embrace the freedom that's ours. Let's make a decision today to embrace that freedom and be free to dream. Be free to soar. Be free to be that amazing, incredible, special, precious, beautiful individual that God has designed us to be, that he has created you to be. Now, as I close this morning and before we go to lunch, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Let's make a decision to learn from the lives of this amazing young woman, Esther. Let's make a decision to respond to the needs in our world, the very real needs in our world, by using what's within our hands. Let's respond to God's call on our life. Let's courageously slay our giants. And let's be free to be ourselves. Let's be free to be that person that God intends us to be. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Women's Conference 2012. Please feel free to listen to the other sessions.